Take your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter 6, which hopefully you're already there. I do want to remind you about the chair over here that, uh, as some would say, is lonelier than a third verse in a Baptist hymn. Um, it's usually the one that we skip, in case you, you know, verses 1 and 2 and 4, okay. Um, but uh, we are obviously still raising the money for that, and uh, Anna wanted to put a new sign on there that said, chairing is caring. And uh, so we might have to change that, but um, that's a little bit more, not chairs, um, but the sharing is caring thing. We'll talk a little bit about that. First uh, Timothy uh, chapter six. Um, guys, can you mute the piano monitor if you don't mind? I can hear the little bit over there and it's gonna bug me all night. First um, Timothy, uh, who, who wrote First Timothy? Paul, okay. Um, Written to whom? Timothy. Okay. And what was their relationship? The spiritual father or mentor and mentee. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, someone that, that he brought up in the faith. And whether he was a direct, um, uh, um, what's the word? I don't know what the word is. Uh, not descendant, but not, not relative, but he, yeah, whether he was a, con, a con, convert, that's the word I was looking for, a direct convert of Paul's or just through his ministry. Um, and uh, regardless, they had that relationship. And so uh, this is where, it's actually 2 Timothy now, but over last week, uh, if you've been following along with the Bible reading schedule uh, that we gave at the beginning of January, we've been in 1 Timothy, and now, again, over the weekend, we got into uh, 2 Timothy, and uh, so this kind of been kind of been what I've been what I've been spending some time in the last week or so, and uh, trying to uh, apply that relationship and that mindset that is given in this letter to my own life. And uh, Paul obviously had a lot of wisdom to share, uh, partially through his own experience, uh, as was mentioned this morning. Brother Carson talked about how uh, how um, immensely. Uh, knowledgeable the Apostle Paul was when it came to the law and when it came to the Old Testament. And uh, very, uh, he, was, he was a Pharisee. He studied, that was his job, was studying the Old Testament. And so very, very knowledgeable to share that. And then his personal experience with Christ and, and I think the wisdom that God gave him to, to draw that connection then from the Old Testament to Christ and uh, had, had just so much wisdom and experience that he was able to pass along both to the churches and then also to individuals like Timothy and Titus and Philemon and, and all of these different people. And I think uh, obviously there is much that we can learn, even though Timothy was written as uh, a missionary, a mentor to a young pastor, uh, I do believe that it, it was written just to a young Christian as well and that there is much that we can learn from uh, from reading it and so uh, and studying it. And so that's what we're gonna do a little bit of tonight. We are gonna relate that a little bit um, to it. And uh, I, I, let, me, let me pray before we jump into it here and um, we will, uh, we'll get into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity we have to study your word uh, freely, openly, and, and um, without fear. God, I pray that you'd help us never to take for granted the uh, blessing that it is to have a copy of your word in front of us uh, forgive us for the times that we've ignored it and that we've, uh, w whether in reading or in application, God, would you, would you help us then to uh, go forth with a mindset of, of uh, learning, growth, and, and a desire to, to become more like you as we heard this morning. 
Bless our time together, Lord. Would you, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you fill each person in this room with your spirit as well? Remove all distractions, both interior, exterior. Lord, would you help us to be focused on your word and the truth that you have for us tonight? We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just as Paul tried to pass on a lot of, and obviously, by the way, I have to go back. Obviously, that was Holy Spirit inspired. Holy Spirit was, was the, uh, the catalyst there of, of the wisdom uh, although, again, I believe Paul was very knowledgeable and wise in his own right, but the Holy Spirit um, worked through him. And uh, uh, with that mindset, though, of Paul passing things on to the next generation, if you will, I have uh, tried to be very purposeful. And as the kids are, are growing older, especially the twins uh, who are in first grade now, and uh, every, every day they come home or every, every after junior church or Sunday school or whatever, and they're talking about what they learn and, and all of that. And... And, uh, you, you know, it's, it's getting to be the point where uh, it's tougher for Anna and I to have private conversations when we're in the car. Uh, we can encrypt stuff maybe a little bit more, but they're starting to pick up on, on everything. So I have to be much more careful depending on the topic of conversation there. And, uh, and so I, uh, we actually had a conversation with this in, uh, in our music class on, on Wednesday uh, about about language and about the words that we use and about being very careful and I have been much more mindful um, about about some of the language that I've used or in terms of criticism or how I've talked about certain topics and things like that uh, because the kids pick up on that and uh, trying to be very intentional about the things that I teach them and especially spiritually uh, physically of course too but spiritual things there Tommy is is as Pastor mentioned I think this past Sunday um, is starting to understand things a little bit more. And, um, and so we were talking in the car the other day, and um, they, they were talking about burritos. And it, it's, it's Anna's tradition that whenever she uh, comes in with us on, on a school morning, uh, if we take one car home, she comes in with us, and then she goes and takes Tommy and Wesley and takes Tommy to school. And because he doesn't go to school till 8.45, um, their tradition is to go through McDonald's, and Tommy gets a breakfast burrito from McDonald's every time they do that. And, uh, and so they were talking about breakfast burritos, I guess, that morning. And so one of them asked the question, where do burritos come from? And, uh, and I think it was Tommy said, burritos come from God. I mean, they are great food. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. Um, <laughs> and then one of the twins like, no, burritos come from McDonald's. And so um, I don't know if I'm failing or <laughs> you know, winning at that. Uh, this teaching the kids spiritual things yet. Um, but regardless, we've tried to incorporate that mindset of, yeah, food, we, that's a blessing from God, of course. Um, but of course, teaching them physical things beyond that as well. Uh, the other night, we were uh, doing one of our um, semi-monthly cleans under the couches that we have. We have some big couches, and so I, they're square enough where I can kind of flip them onto their front and they'll stay there. And so uh, we flip them up, sweep under, you know, get all this stuff. And, and uh, Gwenny was watching me do it. I was like, Gwen, do you want to help me? And she was like, yeah. So she helped me pick up if there were toys that got kicked under the couch. She was doing that and putting stuff away. And then because the couches are so big and the cushions are so big, they often like to make a fort out of that. And uh, so I, I, I was like, okay, you help me clean, and I will let you build a fort uh, out of these cushions and pillows and all that stuff. And so uh, trying to show her that when you work and when you, uh, when you do something that may be, be, may be less than desirable for most people to want to do, uh, there is often a benefit involved. And so uh, try, little things like that, trying to get them in the mindset of working and cleaning and, and uh, prioritizing things, doing your homework first before you go outside to play and, and different things like that. 
And uh, one of the things uh, that uh, they, they kind of learn this in school a little bit as well, and I think it kind of starts in Mrs. Ball's class. Um, sharing is caring. I mentioned the sharing is caring thing, but sharing is caring. And, um, you know, usually, by the way, that's only one-sided. It's sharing is only caring when you want someone to share with you. Uh, but when someone asks, to asks you to share with them, it's, no, I don't care. Um, but uh, it, we'd, we'd, we'd say that, and, you know, we, we want them to learn how to share and how to be kind to each other and not just be a selfish, uh, you know, be a selfish person. But in terms of toys, food, time, friends, all of that, um, sharing is caring. Uh, but I believe Paul had that same mindset, sharing in terms of essential information. Um, Paul didn't just live unto himself. I think that's very, very evident. I, I think that's very clear that Paul did not have that mindset of, well, as long as I'm doing right, then I don't care what everybody else does. No, Paul was a very caring and compassionate individual and is very evidenced by, by his, his letters to churches, but especially, I think, by his letters to individuals. Um, and, and as we're looking at the one with First Timothy here, um, he felt it necessary to share what God, the wisdom and the experience that God had given to him through his own study, and I think uh, a little bit supernaturally as well that God had blessed him with. You know, I, I want my kids to avoid and, and bypass a lot of the ignorance that is out there. It's really sad um, that, that there's many people, whether kids, teens, or even some adults, unfortunately, that don't know some of the basics of life. There's certain things that they don't understand, certain terminology that you would use, and like, what are you talking about? And I'm not, not even talking about old, you know, like a rotary telephone thing. Um, I'm not talking about stuff like that, okay? I'm, I'm talking about stuff that they could use or should be able to use today, and that I have no idea how to use this. And, uh, and I want them to be able to go into life in a competent manner and, and not, have, not have to learn on the fly. I know, obviously, uh, most, we, we, we do fault a lot of the younger people, and I know I kind of fall into that generation comparatively to some of you, but um, we, we do often fault the younger generation a lot for their ignorance. Um, you know, oh, you kids should know this. You, you, how do you not know how to do this? Well, okay, have you taken the time to teach somebody how to do that? And, uh, you know, we often fault the student instead of the teacher. And, and I think there's, I, I'm not going to get into that right now, but because I think there's, I think there's stuff on both sides. But, um, but I, especially as I'm in more of the teaching role now in terms of literal teaching, uh, in terms of being a youth pastor, in terms of being a father, it, it definitely is something that I don't want the blame to fall on me if my kids lack information, if my kids lack the knowledge or the skills that they need to be able to go out into life uh, knowing what to do. And uh, obviously people in this generation, they, they uh, in my generation and younger, um, you know, th there's definitely, I think, a dearth of, of uh, practical information. Uh, our, our minds are filled with useless knowledge, but, uh, but the practicality, unfortunately, sometimes comes up on the short end. And, and so, um, sadly, again, often that's not their fault, though the internet obviously is filled with, with much information, I believe, and, and wholeheartedly uh, would adhere to the mindset that the most effective way to teach and to learn is hands-on, practical, one-on-one -on -one training and in-person, you know, face-to-face -face type of things. Whether that, whether that be in school, whether that be in just regular stuff around the house and practical life skills, and spiritually as well. Um, I, I believe all of that is, is vital, uh, the, the practical one-on-one, hands-on, face-to-face type of learning. Um, Anna told me, told me this a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, I think. Um, actually, I think it, it might have been this past Thursday or Friday. Um, but she was talking about one of her experiences in school and, and unfortunately, it was a very unfortunate experience that, that she dealt with here. 
um, she was coming to, they were coming to the end of the year in one of their classes in high school, I think it might have been like a chemistry or an upper level math class or something like that, and I don't remember who any of her teachers are, so I'm not calling out any of them by name because I have no idea who they are, I don't remember. Um, but they got to the end of the year and they were doing a review for this course, and Anna raised her hand and asked the question uh, about, can you, can you explain this, this uh, topic, can you, can you re-explain this concept? I don't understand it fully. And the teacher's response, very sadly, was, well, if you don't understand that by now, then, then I can't help you. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, I, and man, that, that, when she told me that, I was like, whoa, okay. God forbid that I ever be a teacher that way, both in the classroom, but even with my kids, or as a youth pastor. Man, if you don't know that by now, okay, then let me help you. Then, then maybe, maybe there was a lack of instruction on my part. Maybe there was something that I failed to pass along. Maybe there was something where, where I didn't give the correct information or explain it, explain it well enough. And, and it just challenged me. Um, and and uh, man, I, I was like, I, I don't ever want to be, be that type of teacher. And I don't think Paul was. I think Paul was, was very direct and, and sometimes very blunt in the way that he gave information and, and did not try to withhold things from, uh, from his students, if you will, the, the churches that he, was, uh, that, he was, that he helped to start and the ones that he tried to encourage and to, to be a help to. And, and so sharing is caring, sharing that information. And I think this, whatever side of this you fall on, I think most of us fall on both sides of this in terms of we have information to share and we have positions in our lives, we have situations in our lives in which we have the opportunity to share information and to give people some help and some instruction, maybe some wisdom. But then I think all of us have the opportunity to learn as well. Every single person in this room has the opportunity to grow. As was, again, as was mentioned this morning, none of us will ever reach that point where we've arrived, where we are all that we are supposed to be in Christ or else or otherwise. And so we should always have that mindset of being willing to learn. And so, of course, practical things, yes. Uh, we can, there's always something we can learn. Things are changing. Things are, you know, technology and all this stuff. And, and there's always something new for us to learn and something new for us to glean and tackle. But, of course, spiritual things, there's always an opportunity for us to grow. And Timothy and Paul had that, that mentor-mentee relationship. And, and though the book of Timothy was written from an older leader to a younger leader and definitely applies to someone like me, I think it applies to all of us and anyone who claims the name of Christ. Uh, Paul gives Timothy some practical advice uh, at the end of his first letter here in chapter six, and that's what we're gonna focus on. We could go through the whole, the whole passage, the whole book if you want to, and, and just read a lot of the, the information that Paul gives. And, uh, and, and we're not gonna do that tonight, but we're just gonna kind of focus on this one section of information. And so uh, this is just information that, that we're gonna kind of do a Bible study style, not, not totally verse by verse, but uh, going through it here and looking at something that we can learn and glean from the information that Paul decided, led by the Holy Spirit, to share with Timothy. Uh, so we see in, uh, we're gonna look at verses 11 and 12 mainly, and uh, verses 11 and 12 are the kind of the main things. We'll look at the, main, the rest of the passage that we read as well, but I wanted to give us, I wanted to read more than that to give us some context. Verse number 11 says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So I have four things here that, that Paul passes on to Timothy, just as practical advice uh, to him. The first thing is to flee. The first thing is to flee in verse number 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. You say, well, I'm not a man of God. Okay, you are a child of God. 
And again, I, I, think, uh, I think this passage, regardless of, uh, we should always read the Bible, uh, looking at it in the context with which it is, with which it is written, um, which is what we just talked about, uh, the information being passed from older to younger uh, Christian there. And, but, but I think we should also look at it personally and practically as well. Okay, Lord, I, I, I understand what this means, and you've shown me how the, how, why Paul was writing this to, to Timothy. Uh, I had a great conversation yesterday uh, with Brother Calvin Allen, who's been here before for Powerhouse and has preached here and, and stuff like that. And we just had an hour-long conversation talking about the context of 1 Corinthians and, and the, the amazing way that it was written and, and talking about your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit and the comparison of the temple of God to the temple of Aphrodite and all this stuff. And it was just really good conversation. And it's like, okay, so then what does that mean for me? How do I then apply that to my life? And we, we continued and talked about that and, and it was a really good conversation. I think that's the way we need to look at the Bible is, is how, okay, yes, what, what is the context, but what is the practicality? So flee, first thing is he says in verse 11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. And we'll look at what things in just a second, which is why we read the verses prior to give us some context here. The word flee mean, literally means to run away from. There's, most people would understand what the word flee means. Uh, to avoid, to run away from, to purposefully or intentionally avoid. Um, and so the things that we flee from are usually, I'll say usually here, usually dangerous, harmful things. Things that, that are going to uh, be negatively impactful on our lives. Um, most of the time, if you think of, uh, if you, if you think of something that's going to provide injury, uh, if someone uh, in the world that we live in, unfortunately, we just heard of another uh, shooting last week in Maine, and uh, you know, I'm sure there were people in that situation that were fleeing the danger, and and not at all making light of that situation. But we understand that concept. We understand that this is a I have to get out of here now type of mindset. This is not just. Um, I probably shouldn't be around and you kind of quietly slip off. No, this is a desperate sprint away from the danger that could harm your life. That's what fleeing is. And again, obviously there's, there's other, we could talk about fleeing from, uh, fleeing from work, uh, fleeing from the scene of a crime, stuff like that, all the things you shouldn't flee from, okay? Um, but uh, we, we have our neighbors. Um, I love them. They're amazing. Uh, they got a new dog, um, a German Shepherd puppy. Um, it's a blessing. And uh, we, her name's Sadie, and uh, she is, even as a puppy, she is large, and she is loud, and they have an electric fence around their property, which I don't totally trust. And so we have taught the kids, if, you, if that dog comes at you, you sprint out of there, you get rid, you get, it's, it's, yeah, it's led to some interesting conversations with them, unfortunately. But uh, that's one of the things, that, like if that's coming at you and, and, and it's not a friendly, you know, if it's coming at you not in a friendly way, like it wants to roll over on its belly in front of you, that's when you flee. You flee because there's a potential harm coming at you. And so we understand this. We, we, what are we supposed to flee? Well, in other passages in the Bible, we are told to flee fornication. We are told to flee idolatry. Uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy to flee youthful lusts. And so in this verse, he says, flee these things. So what do we flee from in this passage? Well, we read verses three through 10 before this. And so we see a couple things. We see, first of all, we need to flee from corruption. Flee from corruption. It says in verse number three, if any man teach otherwise 
and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. And we'll follow it up in verse number four in just a second, but it's these false teachers that Paul warns a lot of the churches against. He talks to, to uh, a lot of these different churches where he says, beware of, of wolves, beware of dogs and these different things that, that people that would creep in and start to introduce false doctrine, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we need to be aware of that and the corrupting of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and, and the corruption of the word of God. We need to be very, very careful. He says, if any man teach otherwise the things that, that we are teaching and the truth and the word of God and the gospel and the death, burial, resurrection, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine, which is according to godliness, well, what is he? He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, nitpicking, if you will, uh, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men and cor of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. And so he talks about uh, corruption here of the truth, corruption of doctrine uh, and spiritual truth. And he says, from such, those, those people that you identify and you recognize as that is not line up with scripture, that does not line up with the word of God, we withdraw ourselves from them. We, we, we just, nope, I'm not gonna have any part of them. When we were talking about uh, some, mentioning some prosperity gospel preacher right before, right before the message, not in a positive way, by the way, um, but we were talking about that person and, and th those people that you can, it, it says in verse number five, supposing that gain is godliness. Gain is godliness. If you're rich, that means God's blessing you. If you're poor, that means you don't trust God enough. I'm sorry, that's not the truth. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the word of God teaches. That's very, very clear. Okay, so we, so we understand we, we understand the truth by studying the word of God. You say, well, how do I know if they're a false teacher? Well, we get to know the truth. We get to know the truth of the word of God. And when something doesn't line up with that and something goes against that, well, there we go. There's a red flag right there. It goes against the word of God. There, there's not some, well, if they say this specific phrase or if, no, study the word of God. You study the truth. You study the truth and the falsehoods will be revealed very easily. We identify, by, we identify the falsehoods, the, the corruption by knowing the truth, but also by knowing the Holy Spirit and yielding to the Holy Spirit and, and, and allowing him to be the guide and the teacher. He says he will guide us into all truth. And so if we allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide there, he will help us to identify uh, that corruption. And so Paul was warning Timothy here, flee that corruption. That was very, very prevalent even back then, even maybe more so than it is today. Um, although I will say, uh, again, my, my wife and I were talking on the way here, uh, just about social media and the impact that it has on our society. And I think the negative impact on our society has far, far outweighed the positive impact. And I, I love the fact that we can live stream. I love the fact that we can post about church activities and everything. But I think uh, the, that social media has done far more harm than good in our society, especially personally and individually. Uh, we, we could talk about that. But, but one of the things that we have to watch out for is we, we see these little snippets whether they be a quote, whether they be a little video of somebody that's, that's preaching or that's, that's trying to give some, some truth or some help or, a, a, you know, whatever. Uh, and we, we, oh, that sounds good. Let me repost that. Let me share that. Man, we have to be very, very careful about that. We could be perpetuating false doctrine and false teaching. We need to make sure that we know our Bible. We need to make sure that we're studying our Bible. We have to know the word of God. That's how we know truth from, from, uh, from the falsehoods, from the corruption that is being, that is being uh, promoted out there. And so we, we have to know the truth. 
We have to know the word of God if we're going to identify that. And from such, withdraw thyselves. Oh, which withdraw thyself. Uh, but then he says, in, look at verses six through 10. Okay, so we need to flee corruption. We need to flee corruption. And then in verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And man, there's, there's another whole sermon in that right there as well. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Gain is godliness? No, but godliness with contentment is gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which would drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So we see the second thing, and just in this passage, obviously we could talk a lot more of other things that we need to flee. But uh, in this passage, he warns about, the, about fleeing uh, covetousness, covetousness. And, and again, the gain is godliness and, and the pursuit of worldliness, the, the pursuit of self and, and self-satisfaction. This world is all about self-promotion. Again, we see that on social media all the time, these self-proclaimed influencers. Uh, and and I, I think influence, uh, God is the one that promotes, God is the one that raises up and brings down and, and it should not be done on our own uh, volition. It should be something that God does. Self-promotion, even self-care. Now, I, I'm, I'm not uh, against you taking care of yourself. Please take a shower. Please do your hygiene routine and all that stuff, okay? If, if that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, all this other, I'm, and I'm not even gonna get into that, but there is a lot of, of, of uh, stuff that does not line up with scripture when you get into that. And then especially self-satisfaction. Uh, I need to make myself happy. That is what my life is most, you know, that's, that's what my goal in life is, is to be happy. And so they will do whatever they can, whatever they feel is necessary to make themselves happy. That's a worldly, that's a selfish, sinful, prideful mindset. And, and that's, that's where the covetousness is. And that's why I talk about the social media thing. We see these people promoting all of these things about themselves and you get the highlights of their life and you see all these, you know, mountaintop experiences for them. And that's all you see on social media. And you never see the valleys. You never see the day-to-day -day struggles. You never see those, if you do, very, very briefly. But we get this mindset of, well, man, I want that person's life. Why can't my family be like theirs? Why can't I live in a house like that? Why can't I go on vacation as often as them? Why can't, and we get into this covetous mindset where we're, we, we get so, we get, we get really just covetous. We, we, we see what they have and we want it or what they promote themselves to as, uh, as having uh, and we want it. Because again, that, that's our flesh rising up saying, okay, that's that man, doesn't that look good? Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't that look like something you want? But the Bible says in verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse number eight, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And God gives us what we need. God gives us ex exactly what we need. Um, so we, we see from this passage, from, just from this flee, the, flee these things, there are obviously things in our life that we need to flee from. And, and they're not just things you can ignore. These are things that are coming at you. These are things that, that, are, that are being pushed in your face. You use the, whether it be a dog illustration or something like that. It's something coming at you and it's not something you can ignore. If you ignore it, it will still get you. 
It's not so, oh, well, I don't want to trouble myself with that, you know. I, I just, it's not something we just put, push off and, and let, well, we'll see what happens. No, these are things that you, we, we need to flee and turn the other direction and get away from and make sure that we identify and, and run away from. If, if we don't, danger and harm will, will happen. Acknowledging the danger requires preemptive action. Which, by the way, is why some people would rather live in ignorance. Because action requires effort. And, and man, we, we have gotten so lazy as a society. We've gotten so comfortable. And Pastor talks about the effect of COVID on society, and I 100% agree. Not just going to blame it solely on that. I think there's spiritual aspects and familial aspects and different things like that as well. I, I totally agree with all of that. But I think just in general, we have become so uh, much lazier as a society. And if, man, if I don't have to do anything right now, I'm not going to do anything right now. But preemptively acting is, is much easier than, than, than being reactive. Because if you're reactive, the damage has already been done. You've already been harmed by these. We need to make sure that we are being proactive and not reactive. We flee from those things that will bring us away from God and the Bible. And again, that's not an exhaustive list. We mentioned a couple things outside of this passage and we mentioned two things in this passage. There's so many more things that we need to be aware of. But again, we get to know those and we understand those by reading and studying the Bible and by listening to the Holy Spirit as he speaks in our heart. We understand we allow him to be the one that guides us into what we are supposed to flee from and guides us away from those things. So we see, thou, O man of God, flee these things. And then he follows it up with, and follow after. Follow after. So the second thing we're supposed to do is follow. He says, flee first of all, but then follow. Follow literally means to pursue after, follow after these things. And he gives us a list of things here that we pursue. The things that we pursue in our lives are the things that we're passionate about, the things we think are beneficial and productive for us, or the things that are necessary. You know, the, the, uh, you look at what you do in your free time, and, and I'll, I'll show you what you're most passionate about and what you're following after, what you're pursuing the things that you do in your free time, because I know, again, there's necessary things. There's going, what do you spend most of your time doing? Uh, working and sleeping. Um, you know, and those are the things I'm most passionate about. Um, but, uh, but in your free time, really, when you have time and you choose what you do, if you are the one choosing your action there, and that whatever you choose, that's what you're passionate about. That's what you're following after. That's what you're pursuing with your life. And again, some, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Some of those can be awesome things. Some of those can be really, really good things. And, and, uh, and we, but we need to be careful. We need to make sure that we are following after things that are godly. Um, so we look at, uh, in other passages, we're, we're all throughout the Gospels. I, I, I lost, lost track, and I could probably have just Googled it, but uh, I, I lost track counting of my, own, of my own thing. How many times in the Gospels we are told to follow Christ or follow me? or you know, follow after Christ, or whatever the phrasing is. There's so many different verses that we could look at in the Gospels. Follow Christ, of course. We follow Christ. Um, we, are, we are taught to follow charity. We are, we are told to follow peace with all men in, in the book of Hebrews. And, and so we have so many different things. There's, there's things in our lives that we must actively pursue. Once again, we cannot live a passive, reactive Christian life. We, we cannot let, you know, just, oh, what, what, you know, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. We, we can't live a Christian life like that. We cannot, we cannot go through life just letting it, letting it go through. No, we have, to, we have to be active in pursuing that which is right. 
We, we must identify that which is good and pursue it. No one, no one succeeds by accident. No one succeeds at anything by accident. It doesn't just all of a sudden happen to where you become a successful business person or, or a successful athlete or whatever, whatever field you want to talk about. That doesn't happen on accident. There is purposeful action, purposeful, consistent action that brought someone along to that place. And we, yet we often want to live a successful Christian life but are unwilling to act and if we do act, we're unwilling to act consistently in a way that's going to bring us to the point where we are living a successful Christian life. And so we, we cannot live a passive Christian life and expect it to be pleasing to God and expect it to be something where, where oh, God will just take care of it. Well, yeah, God gives us instructions and God gives us steps to take and, and, and things to do. Uh, we, we need to make sure that we are acting on these things. We must, we must pursue things. Verse number 11, again, what, it gives us a couple things that we're supposed to pursue and follow after in this verse. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And I think it's kind of broken up into two different sections. The first one being a holiness aspect. And this is the personal thing, the internal. Right, uh, righteousness, godliness, and faith. Righteousness, godliness, and faith. We, we heard this morning about purging and sanctification and how God calls us to remove some things from our lives and to bring some things into our lives and to incorporate things and how he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that's such a blessing to know that God's not gonna give up on us and that he's gonna continue to work on us. And, uh, and we, we, I, I desire that. I want him to continue to change me. I want him to continue to work on my life and help me to grow and help me to, to follow after righteousness and godliness and faith. And I want to grow in all of those areas. Righteousness, doing what is right. Godliness, trying to model myself after the image of Christ and trying to let him bring me to that point. And then faith and growing into a place where I can trust God more and continue to act on that faith in God uh, after what he does, uh, what, he, what he shows me. And so we see the holiness aspect of things, the first three things, righteousness, godliness, and faith. But then we see kind of a, 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 we see the other three, love, patience, and meekness, and that would be a helpfulness aspect. That's more external. Love, patience, and meekness. And that has a lot to do with our interactions with other people. That has more to do with how we treat one another. And so uh, the Bible says, of course, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Interactions are how we show and how we share Christ. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples by the love that you have uh, for, each other, for one another. And, and so uh, we, we understand that that's more of an external show. So these are the things, these are the two, again, just in this passage here, we could, we could go uh, full broad spectrum there and, and look at every single thing um, in the Bible. But there's, there's in this passage, those things right there, holiness, internal, we are supposed to pursue holiness, we're supposed to pursue it. We're supposed to follow after it. We're supposed to desire it. We're supposed to take action to follow after it. And then love, patience, meekness. We're supposed to be active in, in, and mindful and purposeful in our treatment of one another, in our interaction with one another. Uh, not just allowing our emotions to flow over and boil over. And I'm as guilty of, as that as, uh, of that as anybody, okay? I, I am loud and sometimes passionate and sometimes allow that to get the better of me. And I'll be the first to admit that. And I need to be a little bit better and intentional about, okay, nope, this situation, I cannot allow my emotions to override and to just cause me to fly off the handle or whatever. I need to make sure that I am following after and pursuing love 
and patience and meekness in my heart, in my treatment of one another, in my interactions with others. If we pursue those things that, that bring us closer to God, we can also then pursue those things that will help others draw closer to God as well. I want my life, as we heard this morning, the song this morning, it was great. I want people to see Jesus in me. Not because it's about, no, I want them to see Jesus, not me, okay? I, I, but, but we do that by following after these things. We do that by pursuing righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness. We pursue those things that are gonna bring us closer to Christ. So we, we have to flee, we have to follow, we have to fight. And I love how it's already alliterated for us here in the scripture, that's awesome. Um, verse number 12, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith in verse number 12 there. But it says fight the good fight, not just, not just make sure you're fighting. Amen. Fighting the good fight of faith, which what, that, what I believe that means, there's bad fights. There's fights that aren't of faith. There are things that can be a distraction. There, there are, uh, um, you know, smoke screens and things that we, we can distract us and, and, and uh, diversions uh, that, that Satan tries to throw at us and tries to get us to give our attention to, uh, things that we can fight that, that just are unimportant. Turn over to the book of James real quick here. First deviation from First Timothy. Book of James chapter four. And it, it, to me, this, this, he's talking about fighting and wars in these first couple verses. And, and it just shows what we're talking about here, that there's, there's battles and fights that, that are distracting and, and that aren't correct. From whence come, chapter four, verse number one, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. And obviously a lot of people will focus on the last part of that verse and carrying into verse number three and that needs to be preached and taught and all that, of course. But often we skip over these first, this first little bit. We see the, the fighting and the wars that it's taking place both internally and I think in the church of Christ as well is what it's referring to. And that's not the fight that we're supposed to have. We talked about that in our guys, uh, Teen Guys Sunday School class this morning um, and, and how uh, in, in the book of Galatians, I'm gonna turn over there as well. Um, Galatians uh, you know, I'm not gonna turn over. In, in verse number 10, uh, Galatians chapter six, verse number 10, uh, it says, as we're, we're supposed to do good unto all men, uh, especially those that are of the household of faith. And pastor preached about uh, being, we are the body of Christ. And, and the body is not meant to fight against itself. When, when that happens, that's cancer, that's, that's illness, that's, that's devastating to our health when the body fights against itself. And as, as a Christian, as a body of believers, when we are infighting, when we are fighting against ourselves, that, that is not fighting the good fight of faith. That is destroying the body of Christ. And that is, that is when we are, we are tearing the body apart for, for whatever reason. We, have, we all have our reasons. We all have our justifications. And, and unfortunately, sometimes the, the majority of those, those false fights if you will, again, the ones that I believe are mentioned in James chapter four, verses one and two, those false fights, I believe, are just born out of pride, born out of I wanna be right instead of I wanna be right with God. They're, they're born out of, well, I need to have my side heard instead of I, need to, I want the gospel to be heard. 
And, and so, and I know there, there, it gets much more complicated than that. And, and I know uh, most human problems cannot just be broken down into one line on each side. I understand that. But if that is our mindset, though, if we can ha let that, that mindset and that thought process invade and pervade everything that we do, those side, those false fights and those, those battles uh, that, can, that distract us will be fewer and farther between. And so we, we need to fight the good fight. And we, we, anybody that's a parent or a teacher or anybody that's in authority, you understand the concept of picking your battles. Um, and you, you know, uh, Mrs. Shorey is teaching kindergarten and I'm sure there's certain things that you're like, I need to correct you, but that is not worth my time right now. And I'm not going to correct you about that. I, I have had to bite my tongue so many times about that, especially when it comes to correcting somebody's grammar. Like I'm, I'm not the grammar teacher, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. That, you know, we're having a conversation with somebody. If I understand what they're saying, I'm not going to correct them. That's, that's not, why would I draw attention to that? The purpose of me drawing attention to that is that, well, I need to be, I need them to, I want to be a blessing to them, and I want just, I want to help them grow in their knowledge of the English language. I'm sorry, that's usually not the mindset that we have when we're correcting someone's grammar, okay? That's, that's a battle that I, I have to, okay, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna say something about that, I'm just gonna listen and continue the conversation because that's not the important part. That's not the battle I need to fight right now. And again, parents, you know that as well. There's certain things that, okay, I need to address that right now. I need to, you know, I need to draw the line there. That is something that needs to be addressed, that, need, that battle needs to be fought. And then there's other things. No, they'll learn that if they walk around the side of the trampoline, they're gonna fall off and, you know, they're gonna learn that on their own. Um, you know, little things that you do and, and maybe you don't agree with that, I don't care. Um, <laughs> with your own kids. Um, but they're, they're, you pick your battles. You learn, you learn what is the most important fight. What are the important fights? What are you going to spend your time fighting? What are we going to take our time to, uh, whether that's at school, at home, with friends, uh, we, we need to make sure, we understand, hopefully we understand, spiritual battles are always worth fighting. Spiritual battles are always worth fighting, especially when it comes to dealing with the next generation. And, and talking about, again, in, in the form of me, myself being uh, father, youth pastor, teacher, all of that stuff, we, we, we have to understand and, and be, uh, be very knowledgeable and under, uh, um, uh, wise and discerning in, in the battles that we need to fight. It takes knowledge, it takes effort, it takes time to fight for your family, to fight for your faith, your future. And if we fail to fight, we're gonna lose the next generation, we're gonna lose our kids, we're gonna lose our faith, we're gonna lose our motivation. If, if we choose not to fight, if we choose again just to be passive, just to be reactive instead of proactive, well, if you don't fight, you're gonna lose because Satan is fighting. Satan, I, I've heard several, many, many people say that, but that's one thing that Satan is not guilty of is laziness. Satan is, is a hard worker. Satan will work hard to destroy God's people, to destroy the, 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 uh, the spreading of the gospel, he, to destroy the testimony of Christians. Satan will work hard. And if we are not fighting, we are losing ground. If we're not battling for our faith, if we're not battling to teach the next generation how to, how to live for God, how to study the Bible, how to, uh, all, all these different things, how to pray uh, and, and why, and what does the Bible say, and, and what does that mean for me? How do I do that? Why do we do that? If we fail to fight, we're gonna lose our kids, our faith, our motivation, and I, I, I don't wanna lose. I don't wanna lose my kids. I don't wanna lose my, my faith. 
I don't want to lose my desire and my motivation to serve God. Lastly, and this one's not in the scripture, but uh, uh, the, the uh, alliteration is not in the scripture. Sorry, the truth is the alliteration's not. Clarify. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Laying hold on eternal life. He's talking about your focus. What are we focused on? What, what are we looking at? What are, what are we, uh, you know, there, there's so many things clamoring for our attention. Like I mentioned in, in the last point there, there's so many things that are clamoring for our attention. But it really can be boiled down to two choices. Uh, turn over to Matthew, Matthew chapter six. Verses that a lot of you could probably quote. But I think it's good for us to see it in the scripture. Matthew chapter six. Where's your focus? Matthew chapter six, verse 19, the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Colossians chapter three, verse number two, the Bible says, set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Our, we, we, you know, we sing this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We sing it but then we live like the world is our home. We live and our focus is on things on, on this world and that, that should not be the case. This is, this is difficult though. It's difficult for us to understand that and for us to incorporate that mindset into our lives because our flesh and our society have it completely backwards. Oh, if you take care of yourself on, on earth, you take care of yourself in the present and in this life, eternity is gonna work itself out. Nah, you'll be fine if you focus on yourself now. But God says, no, if you'll, if you'll take care of eternity and you'll focus on eternity, I will take care of you here on earth. And I'll make sure that you, that you have everything that you need. And, and so again, it's, it's we're, we're, we're the flesh warreth with the spirit. And so it takes effort. Yes, it takes action to, for us to have this proper focus and, and a spiritually minded, uh, spiritually mindedness towards the things of God. It's not always easy, you know, the, your focus. And think of focus and pastor talks, uses driving illustrations sometimes as well. And it's just uh, another thing that our, that our culture and society has, has, man, gone down a slippery slope, in some cases, very, very uh, realistically. And, uh, it, you know, it, it is, is the distracted driving thing. And, and people, you can't drive down the road now where you don't see almost every other car. Somebody's got their, they're looking at their phone while they're driving. And, and man, it's just, if there's, if there's a better illustration about this, I, I don't know. You can come, come talk to me about it later. But man, it, it is, it's not, I will say this, it's not as fun to look at the road as it is to look at your phone. Your phone has a lot of cool colors and, you know, very different apps and everything and games and, you know, people that you can talk to and all that stuff. And it's much more fun to play with your phone and to look at your phone than it is to look at the road while you're driving. But of course, we understand that there's a much more necessary, there's, there's a, need, a greater need for your focus to be ahead of you, to be on something that may be a little bit more drab. But you know what? It's much, it's much more vital that we stay alive and that we continue and that we stay on the right track and we keep going than, oh man, I, I want to distract myself. Yeah, this is fun, but it's going to cause your destruction. It, it, you're you're going to end up in the ditch because you're, you're focused on something else. We wonder why we struggle in following Christ is because we allow entertainment to be our focus. That's, that's why so many people, so many people have, have either left church altogether or have gone to other churches and different things, not just talking about this church, but just in general, there's so many people that go and follow entertainment. 
They thought, I want to be entertained. I want to be, you know, I, be, I want to be pleased. I want to be made happy. But that's, that's not what the gospel is. That's not what the word of God is. That's not what, where our focus should be. Our focus is on the truth of the word of God. Our focus is on the Bible. Our focus is on uh, obeying the word of God and getting the gospel out, not on being entertained and this warm, fuzzy feeling that we get when we come to church. We're, we're, dry, we're distracted drivers. Too many Christians are distracted drivers. They're, they're, looking, they're at the wheel and they're, they're following Christ, but they've got their, their focus on something else. And it's only a matter of time before they get off track, before they, before they go off the road. Man, we need, we need to make sure that we are, we are adhering to these things. Paul, very, very wisely, through the inspiration of the Spirit, shared some things with Timothy for a younger Christian, and though uh, we're all at different stages in life here, I don't think it matters. I think all of us can take something from this and say, okay, um, yeah, I, there's some things that I need to flee from. There's some things that I need to be more actively pursuing and following after. I need to, I need to be a little bit more intentional in the, in the fights that I am choosing to fight and in passing things on to the next generation. Where's my focus? Uh, I, I, man, I, I, I'm all for... And, and I'm not very far, still very far into this parenting thing. Tommy's only eight. And so I have, I, I know there's, there's people here with, with decades more experience in parenting than, than, than I have. But, uh, so I'll say it like this. My goal, and I can't say that I've, that I've succeeded in this, but my goal is not to, not to just raise good kids. I want to raise good kids. I want to raise knowledgeable kids. I want to raise people, kids that, that know what they're doing and, and have the practical skills and, and you know, can, can be competent, uh, you know, participants in life. But more than just raising good kids, I want to raise godly kids. Because there's, there is a difference. You can raise polite kids that don't know Jesus. You, you can raise kids that are hard workers but don't know how to study the Bible. There's a difference. I, I, and I, I, that's one of my biggest prayers as a father, is I want to do my best to raise godly kids. And, and Paul, I think, knew and understood and had even greater burden for that next generation. And, and he believed that sharing these things uh, was going to be necessary and helpful to them, learning and growing in, in the Lord. And um, all of us have something that we can work on. All of us, I, I don't know what God spoke to you about. I, I know that God's worked on my heart a lot about this, again, especially as it relates to me passing things on to my kids. Um, we're, we're all commanded to grow. So whether, whether you're on, whatever side you're on, whether you're on the teaching side of things more so now, I think all of us are still on the growing side of things. Regardless of where we are, we, we, need, to, we, we need to understand that there are some things that we need to work on. There's some things that we, an area that we can grow in. And we need to listen to those that are trying to teach us and grow to the point that we can pass things on to the next generation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we...